Hey everyone, it's Sammy and Allison. And today we're joined with Jennifer Wardlow of Solaris. And we are discussing the super fun either or of this dimension, the good, the evil, the happy, the sad, all of those beautiful things. More specifically looking at um, some galactic species you may have heard of that are are no good, um, maybe diving into the realm of the Fae and some of the misconceptions around them and them being, you know, like little trickster demons. And then also looking at potentially just demons themselves and going into that topic and trying to kind of explain what their purpose is and some information that we have been downloaded about those, those general species. Are we starting with the either or? Yeah, let's talk about why this dimension is has the either or. Like, why is that such a thing here? Jennifer, would you like to expand on this? Or do you want one of us to expand and then we go from there? What speaks to you, my friend? Yeah, I can start by speaking my truth and what I have discovered within my journey. So awesome. um, when we go to the either or in this dimension, we're almost obsessed with that black and white, the all or no- the all or nothing mentality. And it's really a separation of oneself from the divine masculine and divine feminine, which we create this duality within ourselves. And then we project it on every part of reality. And a lot of people just have a lot of difficulties um, going into that gray area. And um, now everyone's like, oh, we need to find balance. We got to balance the masculine and divine feminine energy. And that's fantastic. Um, but it's, it's very difficult to go in when we're so in tune to it's either this way or that way. It's hot or cold, lukewarm. What are you going to do for lukewarm <laughs> glass of water? Most people want hot water for tea. Some people like the ice cold water. It's a very difficult thing for us as humans to really navigate in this lifetime. Because everything in our society is set up. I mean, gender is set up for an either or. Your morality, religion, politics, everything we have in this current society is well, you're either this thing or you're that thing. And it's like, what if I created this beautiful concept of unity? And that's Hashtag. what we all look for, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, and that's the way, right? Of like the master teachers and what they taught. And also, you know, I'm sorry, my team's like, I'm Star Wars, the Jedi. They're all about the gray. They're all about being in balance. But then it's that interesting twist of how does emotions work in that, right? Because there is also that other programming. Well, if you're in balance, you have no emotion, right? You're perfectly centered at all times. So there's always that like little nuance too. Yeah, I'm definitely in alignment with you, Jennifer, about the obsession of the either or. And I feel like that's happened so much in our lives, right? Well, that's a man's career, or that's a woman's job, you know, almost like an elitist thing that only a certain type of something can do it. So it's not really like that, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a lot of the, that's the only way that many of us have to describe our current reality, right? Is through this lens of like, well, that's good. Well, that's bad. Well, that's proper. Well, that's improper. Well, that's, you know, whatever it might be. The the thing that helped me change my mindset is when I've heard these two beautiful ladies both mention, well, they're here to do a certain kind of job. You know, like most things are here to perform a certain function for our reality to help with the ascension process of the planet, right? You know, when I come to them and I'm like, oh, you know, this, the reptilians, you know, I've heard they're real bad. 
they're really bad, you know? And then Allison's like, well, they're here to perform the function of the mind. Like they're here to perform this job of being the people that speak for, or the, the heart, sorry. There's also some creatures that are, or some galactic beings that are more focused on like the mind, right? Mm. So, but the reptilians are like all heart. Is that an accurate assessment? Yeah. And they're really good with money, math. Mm -hmm. So they tend to want to be so that, you know, and they just want to be helpful. Right. So in their, in their way, you know, who wants help? Well, I'm going to help you do this. I'm going to help you do that. And Jennifer talks about this a lot too. It isn't really like everybody wants, everyone is here to learn. Do you want to expand on that, Jennifer, that whole concept, like with with definitely that reptilian flavor and how that is kind of perceived in that storyline and how your experience with those, those quote unquote, lower vibrational frequencies kind of being excluded and shunned and bullied and all of that. And, and what happens? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, so we tend to fear the things that we don't understand. I'm sure everyone has experienced this with their lifetime. Um, things are different from us. It's because we simply don't understand the other side. And rarely um, people don't take the time to understand things that scare them. They want to avoid, they want to block out and live in their world with what they consider to be light, what brings you happiness and joy. And so when we go to quote unquote, um, these lower vibrational beings, we tend to assert them with being bad, with being evil, with doing bad things. And this does go hand in hand with demons as well, because everyone um, just in the collective energy, they have, we have a very negative feedback, so to speak, about these things. So when we go to um, beings like the reptilians, those lower vibrational beings that aren't good or bad, but they are learning, um, right? Because they are very mind focused and they're trying to learn more about the heart. What we see as bad, maybe <laughs> like you're very good at money, right? But then we see materialistic people, right? And um, mm-hmm. not going to the heart, they spend a lot of money. They can very, they can be rude, but that doesn't mean that they're not learning um, because we're all on different levels. And when we're on different levels of expansion, of consciousness, of ascension, we've been through these lifetimes before. We've learned these lessons before as a collective in humanity. Um, so saying something that is good and bad, just because they haven't learned what they needed to learn yet from the heart and make that balance between the heart and the mind, um, it's just it's very hurtful for lower vibrational beings who are really just trying. So if you think like of a child, right? They want to join a sports team and they're terrible at it. (laughs) Let's say sports is not their thing. Um, Are you going to berate that child? Um, Some people may, but berate that child just because he's not good at this particular thing. I would consider the right right way to approach that is to help the child learn, help them build the skills to do so. Um, But again, a lot of people, we like, oh, this, this is bad. No, we got to block it out. We got to destroy it because it doesn't fit into our reality. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get a continuous and separation. Because once we block something off and close the door, that closed the door on the other beings learning experience. Mm -hmm. And then they're stuck in that vibration it's harder for them because that's a contract too and there's so much more into that like tying into the duality of it is is you know it's like befriending your shadow you know and they speak so much about fear and you know 
throwing your ego away or getting rid of stuff, but it's really about all of it's about coming together. And it's just so interesting how the overall agenda in this system is to keep everything separate, because when you do that, you're less powerful because you don't realize when you put everything together, how truly powerful that is. And we, you know, we all carry the same, we're all a symphony within us, right? So we all have these experiences in all of these other lives, some more than others, because, you know, they want to experience more, but I always try to think like, you know, when I was learning something and I didn't know and how people reacted to me, right. The child analogy is so beautiful because we've definitely been in some experiences where there have been healers or quote unquote light workers or whatever that is, or just regular people who um, don't like what's happening to their particular reality and then choose to kind of harness everyone's energy, right? And lean in as a collective because this, this is like an, an example of the power, right? And then dictate what it should or should not be, thus shut, shutting other frequencies out. And then they're kind of like left wandering in the void, like having no idea what's going on and never really learning, you know, it's like, just like you said, Jennifer, like, how could they grow if we don't teach them? You know, we're in the human body. Like it's hard to be a human. It is hard to be a human, especially a female human right now in this moment of time, especially all over the world. Right. Men, of course, too, in that way, just being a human in general, but man, if we don't open ourselves up to the other side and, and really look at it, right? There's this great book called um, Your Soul's Plan by Robert Schwartz. It really talks about how we come together before we get here, right? And we sit around in these boardrooms and we're like, all right, what lessons do we want to learn, you guys? And how we all sit together and there's everybody is there. Everyone is there. Every vibrational frequency is there. And we come together in love. And we say, I want to learn this. So I'll be your antagonist. Like I'll be the parent that beats you, right? I love you so much. It's going to hurt me, but you want to learn this lesson to persevere, right? And then you really get this experience of knowing on the other side of this particular game, right? When we're constructing it is love and we're all here. And the more that we bring that love in, the more that we come together, you know, just as Jen was saying is like, man, we could do so much, right? Like, what would it be like if we just said, wow, that's really scary. Let me, let me open myself up to that. What, well, let me try to understand it. Right. And then coming together. Cause we really are just a version of each other. Right. We're all another me, right. <laughs> or you're another you, right. And I'm another you. And so what would it be like? And that, and is, is that duality, right? And that's kind of the storyline is the more that we come together as one, the, the higher we raise love on earth, right? And also the more fun we have, which I'm a big fan of, because um, earth is hard. So I want to be devil's advocate, no pun intended, um, for the listeners who are like, we, demons, no. You know, we can't, you're just saying to just let them do whatever they want and cause whatever harm they want to cause. And then just, you know, I'm just, I'm thinking of like my relatives who would be like, you know, that's witchcraft and you can't do that. And, you know, we can't give them the satisfaction of X, Y, Z. Right. So what would you say in that situation? There's different ways to approach this. Of course, we're 
we need to set our boundaries, right? Because we're not just going to allow any energies come in and just disrupt our lives. But they too are playing a role in the grand scheme of things. And some of those are more difficult lessons than others can learn. Um, in my experience with demons, I had them come to me when I was a very small child and that scared me for quite a long time. And I shut down all of my gifts, which I think a lot of children has have done. I'm, I'm Sammy, you have talked about this before on a podcast mm-hmm. about yeah, shutting yeah. yourself down um, because you didn't know what to do. And at that time, if I had all of my gifts with me as a child, my life would have went on a very different path. I wouldn't have um, gained the experience as, because with that fear of facing demons of being attacked and being scratched and stuff when I was a child, um, I did learn how to persevere. I did learn how to protect myself. I've learned how to see things going on in other people's lives so I can help them whenever it comes up. Mm. So yes, these demons, as we say, which are lower vibrational beings, right? That is part of their souls. I see them because I've actually worked quite a bit with demons and helping them cross over so they can heal properly. Um, but their souls just have been been through trauma after trauma and they have that traumatic experiences. So um, sometimes they do carry that a lot of anger and grief and they project that onto others. It, it goes back onto what are you learning in your journey? Are you going to be that person who needs to understand demons to help heal yourself, help heal your family? Or do you need to learn lessons on how do I make boundaries in my life? How do I protect people from this energy? How do I protect my home? Um, And those are the most common themes I'd see people who come along with demons. Um, They either have given their power away because they're struggling with something in their life and that energy comes in and they blow it up, right? Because we, um, demonic possessions, (laughs) although not um, common, right? They do happen, Um, but it's, usually lessons of like, you need to do something about this. So we're going to blow it up and we're going to make it big and we're going to make it scary. So you do something about it. And so I'm sure Allison has something to say about this as well, because um, it is very scary, especially when things like that happen to people who do not have the experience or they just absolutely don't know what to do in these types of situations. Yeah, it's really scary. And it's so interesting. I love that we all have a different way of experiencing the same thing because in my world demons are just angels dressed in drag right they're like so you didn't learn it this way and you didn't learn it this way and you didn't learn it this way and you said you really wanted to learn this lesson so now i'm going to dress up and like scare the shit out of you right and like put you in a really um precarious situation to to really push you right to see you kind of like, this is what you wanted to learn, you know, and give you that choice over and over again. And I've also come, um, and this is pretty recently too, across, you know, doing all these house clearings and experiences and stuff is most of the time people misunderstand what they're seeing. And it's like an elemental, right? Like a little tree guy or a rock dude, or like, you know, a leprechaun or whatever. They don't look like humans, right? They're not human at all. They are earth. And so they look like some kind of version of earth. And it's, it is very jarring because we have an idea program in our head of what things are supposed to look like, right? Like, you know, like a mer person doesn't look like we think that we're told that, you know, that's not the reality of it, you know? And so it's just so interesting. Um, I definitely love uh, that 
the lower vibrational frequencies that trauma really does. I mean, and that's a lot of reason why so many of us are here is to help those who are stuck in their karma and that are stuck in these places because it, that mean our souls are so gentle. We're all heart, right? We come from love and to experience these traumas, we come in, we're like, yep, we got this. We're going to do it. And then we get there and we don't take the soul exit and we experience and we can't get out. Right. I mean, that is a piece of us. So it, it is really just such a beautiful way of learning and to know that we're all most of us have said yes to coming here and being contracted, but you know, I'm in such agreement with you, Jennifer, if, if we don't help them, it's also like not helping us. Cause as we help these, these other vibrational beings heal the collective heals. Right. And some of this, you know, this is what kind of works like the egregores come in a little bit, you know, that collective consciousness is tuned into one thing. A myth becomes reality because we make it so right like Candyman was never a thing until the movie came out and everyone's like oh Candyman and now Candyman's a thing because we birthed it we made it real because we are the co-creators of this reality of this game so demons right if they're put in a story and most people aren't can't read and it's all verbal and they see it and and you think about the time when all of these things were coming up, like you could go out and get eaten by a jaguar or a wolf or something, you know, some big animal or like, you know, especially if the veil was thin at that time, like things wandering in from other dimensions, you see like a Sasquatch, you're like, what's that over there? You know what I mean? And then it, it comes in, you know, it's like that urban legend too. That's pretty wild. We took that Egypt, um, Egyptian magic class Alice and I with our friend Laura and he actually explained the origin of the word demon in that class I believe and he he was like demon or daemon was just a term for spirit period like that was just the Egyptian term for spirit and then um some Christianity you know lenses got put over top of this word and there's some author who I think I don't fully remember all of this. I wish I had my little sheet that he, oh, I do I have my little sheet that he gave us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so so somebody in. took that word and gave it a, it gave it an either or. Yeah. Right. So then the demon didn't just become a word for spirit. Yes. Cause it's actually daemon is a greek word for divinity or spirit only mm-hmm. became demon after christianization yes. so once christians came in and took that word we know the christians they love the either or that's how they keep people where they want them right is by creating guilt and shame and the either and the or blah 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 blah, blah right that's like that's like their whole thing yeah you're gonna go now luciferian darkness mm-hmm. it's not all not all christians you know not, right, right, right. <laughs> not all christians behave that way and there's this renaissance movement of kind of changing that up but like when christianity first started that was the point of it right they took it and then that word became like evil spirit instead of just like divinity like divine spiritual being so i thought that was like so interesting right to keep people aligned to keep people tracked because when you're in your that i mean and we've talked about this before emotions are power man and if you can collectively hold the power of the people, the emotions of people, and especially strong emotions, fear is a great one, right? Fear, love, you know, if you can get that and then harness it and 
put it towards something. You can control the mass. You don't need war, right? War is the, another way to do it, but it is such a beautiful way. So there are those on the planet. And I think this ties into the galactic experiment in that way of, of helping us learn our lessons. And so it's, and that's the most important thing, I think, in our spiritual journeys, right? Our journeys as human is to educate yourself and read as much as you can and look at everything everywhere, right? Because, you know, Sammy, you say this all the time, Google's not like actual like library when you go in, it funnels what it wants you to learn, right? Mm -hmm. You talk about how, you know, two people, this is a perfect either or, right? Uh, two people on a very different political platform, Google the same thing, they're going to get two very, two very different articles, like very, very different references. And so it is really, and this is about us stretching out right in this duality, stretching out to the uncomfortable, to the unknown, to really question what we're told and to find the truth within that, because we all carry our own truth. Right. And then it's about coming together as one in a group and coming to the collective truth of what matters. And that, that falls into like, Usui Reiki is the same, right? Right after Takata Sensei passed, all of their all of her students got together and they're like, wait, your code's different from mine and yours is different from mine. And we need to come up with something that, you know, and, and then that they birthed the symbols, like these, these unified symbols in the way that everybody can go to. And then that gives it more power in that way because it's defined, right? It's not the individual channeled mantra the or creation of a unified topic. Yeah. Yes. And so because that's becomes the foundation for something, right. And this is just Reiki for an example, you take it and then you have that foundational frequency, that foundational power of Choku Ray, right. And you, you know, the symbol and you know, it, you know what it means. Like your mind knows what it means. You know what it feels like. Right. And then you allow yourself to grow into that and bring your own self and your own flavor into the dualistic world. And so I always come back to a saying that I don't know where I heard it. I woke up one day and I had it running through my mind is love without truth is delusion, yeah, right? You can't have that. one without the other. Cause if you come completely with your heart, right. Um, it's also breeds self-righteousness, which it can be very difficult. So we do need that truth piece, which I see comes from the mind and the heart. And so as healers, um, how, how do we help create that balance for the collective as those who are awakening and just beginning of their journeys? How do we all come together to help help find more of this balance? I don't believe in perfect balance. It's not sustainable, right? We're always going to flow one way or the other. Maybe yeah. in a single moment, we are able to achieve balance, but it's not sustainable, at least in this human world. Our <laughs> world will live. Yeah, that's why we're humans, right? <laughs> to experience it. Yeah. Well, they talk about that in the Ayurvedic way, right? With the Kapha mm. and the Pitta, how like we're always kind of, our our achievement is balanced too. And then that's like Nirvana. Once we achieve balance, we poof out. We've done it, right? We've completed our quest. We've completed this game and we go to something new and something different. Being a human is hard, man. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it is so much so like, and especially on the, on the healer side is coming together and, you know, really in this turn is, is putting forth the information, our truth, our experiences and allowing those who are, who are receiving it to decide, is that true for me? Right. It's a very different experience than like, you know, uh, 
as opposed to like, let's say the scientific method, right. Where you do it and you get peer reviewed and you know, it's very like that. It is a very personal journey, right. It isn't about, um, what something is, it's about the experience of it because that, because you experience it, it is true. It is valid, everything. And that's a really different concept, right? Because we are kind of in this scientific world where like you need to do it a certain way and it's gotta be, you know, very um, rigid, which is great for science work, right? To collect the mind data, to show it. But the heart is so much more messy, right? There's more of a labyrinth. There's more wrong turns and, and experiences and you know, for that and to be able to marry those and bring them together is once again, another dualistic thing, mind and, and heart. So yeah, it really is about us being able to speak our truth. And, and, you know, when we have our own programs that we need to let go, right. One of the, one of my program that I come up a lot is, well, healers should give their gifts for free. They shouldn't be compensated because it's a gift. I was like, who started that? The church? where'd that come from? Right. Why, you know, and that's the same thing for anyone who's a practicing herbalist or, you know, and Sammy said the greatest thing about this. And it like, I'm like, y'all it's the same as dropping your kids off. Like if you're a teacher dropping your kid, someone dropping their kids off and say, teach them for an hour and I'll pick them up later, but I'm not going to pay you for it because you're a teacher. That's your gift. You know how to teach. That's your gift. Just do it. Just do it which is almost sort of what they do in schools now, but I'm sure. Yeah, they do, right? They're basically trying to do that. And so it's so interesting because we're working through all of these, these either or programs, right? And really trying to find our way through because it comes down to like rich or poor, right? Another duality. And that's all controlled by the tool and the frequency of money, right? And then we go in and this is all part of like shadow work and going in and like what, how we're attached to that ancestrally. Like we don't come here to learn one lesson, you guys. We come here to learn like a hundred in one life, right? That And you think about it as a soul when you're planning this and like what that means, right? And, but the this is why so many souls want to come here because you can learn so much in a short period of time, right? And in, in very few experiences. And then, you know, if we get, don't get caught up in the stories, which many have, right. And have forgotten that they have the power within them. There's so many, and I think Jennifer talks about this a lot is about going within and helping us find our own divinity within. Yeah. I've heard that it's really hard to be a human. Like it's a lot of souls want to come here to this particular humanity because there is so much duality which means there is so many lessons that you can just like easily stumble into here that most souls are like yeah earth is like their you know go to see the northern lights moment right like everybody wants to go see the northern lights like every soul wants to come to earth and be a human and get all these upgrades and I'm like man suffering I guess can lead to additional happiness can lead to additional enlightenment enlightenment I guess is the -hmm. way and that yeah well the master teachers that's what they came to talk about right and you know there's a moment of where you know if we're in an either or place that means we're all ascended already right and we're having our non-ascended moments so we've already done it because there's you know time is circular or there is no time or however you want to view time you know, we're living all these lives at once. So if you can do it and if you've already done it, you could do it again. Right. And there, there it is getting the mind to get on board with the unknown, right. And trusting the heart. And that's another way to weave in duality as one. 
I mean, if we really start to rap about it, it's like so layered, right? It's like, where do you start? Yeah. And unfortunately we do have to have these um, harder lessons, so to speak, because that does breed the appreciation and gratefulness for the lighter moments. So when we have these ascendant beings, right, these high vibrationals, we have, um, they are completely at peace, right? Um, Eventually they're going to forget that how hard that this was worked for, it was worked, how hard that the entire collective that they are in worked to get to that point. So coming back into say a lower vibrational world that they're from, like living that human life recreates that appreciation, like, yes, okay, this is hard. And this is why I'm continuing to work. So this doesn't have to happen again. <laughs> this whole mess <laughs> does not have to happen again. Right. Dolores Cannon in her um, Keepers of the Garden book, the person that she's interviewing talks about how like earth wasn't supposed to be this way, you guys, like a meteor came in and brought like basically like a disease, like brought this other frequencies that weren't part, like this was like the Garden of Eden, right? This is where we could have a good time and learn gently. And then they came in and they were like, actually hashtag chaos is rolling in and we're going to get this soil and there's going to be fear and it's going to, you know, and they even talk about how they were like discussing whether or not to even scrap the whole experiment, you know, like the human experience in general, because they're like, this is unexpectedly difficult. Can we handle this as souls? Are we ready? Right. And even in that moment, you know, of that duality of it's really interesting how nothing is ever truly planned yet. Everything is, and we can always choose it. Right. And I think we talk about that in the growing and there's a lot of reasons why we started this podcast is that we want to be able to talk about this with others and have different perspectives and come together and find what the truth is, is because that's somewhere, like they say, the truth is always in the middle, right? Like you get all the information and then you sift through it and then you find the truth. And the truth is simply what everyone collectively agrees on as the one. And as we're going through those different um, levels, right? As we find um, the lower vibrations to the higher vibrations, I believe it's the David Hawking's consciousness matrix. Yeah. Of that. yeah. So we have like the emotions of grief and anger as the lower um, recorded vibrations. And then we get to the gateway where we get to the courage to find neutrality. Neutrality is the gateway of all of it. The enlightenment is the midpoint between the enlightenment versus um, the beginning, which is yeah. that grief, that anger. Um, and so I do believe as a collective, we are coming together to that gateway of neutrality of being able to see, um, cause there's a lot of awakening souls coming in and asking those questions. Why, why do we do things this way? <laughs> and so there, uh, it's seeing that, that separation, this duality is just becoming more and more apparent as we're actually beginning to look at it. Mm-hmm. And so we're in this phase where we're going back and forth between, um, saying, yeah, what we're doing right now wasn't quite working as a society as a whole. We're coming into that gateway and now we're um, working towards acceptance. So, and then we can go forward and really um, recreate things, rebirth things that in a different way where we don't have to have this type of suffering that we see and we can teach each other. We can learn from each other because it's all about perspective. That's how we create good versus evil perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true because when we can really be in someone else's experience, right? And really, and the storytelling is such a good way. And when we find out the why, right? We, that's where compassion comes in, right? And so, 
you know, a lot of the master teachers talk about them, you know, we, we blab about this all the time is being able to be in someone else's shoes and just accept that as, okay, it may not be the situation for us, but like, that's their truth. And who's to say what is more real or what is more important or what's harder. Yeah, you're right. That gateway thing is definitely, and that's, you know, so much of our passion, you know, it's so much of why Sam and I got together is our passion for the children and seeing that in the kids and being like, you know, we're here to do something about that, to give them that support. Right. And we're like, oh, that's a big responsibility, right. To be in, in charge of, or choose to help them guide them because it's so different than, you know, what we experienced and we were kind of like the first flavor, at least in my generation, right? Cause I'm kind of like the indigo kid generation, right? That second wave of <laughs> being like, Hey, we're going to blow this all up you guys. <laughs> and then you guys come through, right. And you're like, yep, we're going to really continue to blow it up. And we're also going to bring solutions, right? The perfect example is we were talking about this the other day in the eighties and nineties, we were like latchkey kids. Right. But in the eighties, we were just like wild animals running around and we're like, we everything's great. And then the the beautiful millennials came in. They're like, cool, we're, it's lonely. We're going to invent the internet and then we're going to be able to connect to each other. Right. And then Jennifer, your, your squad comes through and they're like, that's so great. We're going to go ahead and add to this and do social media and then TikTok. And you know what I mean? And like, and then we're going to then, which is even more beautiful, right? Because you get to like kind of the end of this newest generation and they're like, right. And now we want to be in person again. We want to go and hang out and do the things. And we're like, look at that come full circle. Yeah, I actually had a beautiful conversation with um, your 16 year old son yesterday about because I said, you know, there's this running joke between older men that eventually your only friends become your wife's husbands, your wife's friends, husbands. That's so interesting to me that men don't want to go out and make their own friendships. Like this is like a really common thing. So I asked him this all started because I asked him, I said, do you notice in your friend, like, do you think your generation will be like that. Do you think it's because it's a societally trained thing for men not to need anyone else? So they don't go out and form friendships, right? Like, Oh, we shouldn't need friends. We're fine on our own. Like that whole masculinity thing. Yeah. Or do you think they're not seeking out friendships because, um, or do you think men just don't need friendships like women do? Like, do you think evolutionarily like women would have to get together and do the gathering? So you know, they had to be in a big group because the berries are so small and they're so hard to pick and it takes so long. And then men could really kind of separate out and go hunt because you can really take down an animal like by yourself. And then you have the whole group come and help you carry it back. But you Mm -hmm. sort of like, and I was like, do you think it's like that? And he's like, he goes, I think we're playing the hunter gatherer game for at least the next like 300 years where we're, where he's like, I don't think we've moved past that mentality He's like, but I do think that boys in my generation will be able to develop friends, you know, for much longer and keep them and will go out and actually like seek out friendships from other people, um, unlike the generations before, because we are a lot more um, aware of the, our emotional selves and that we have an emotional component to us. I love that. Wisdom, right? The kids carry so much wisdom. Mm-hmm. we've talked about that in some of like our intuitive parenting stuff and like what we've been working on is really I mean we talk a lot to the children of what their idea of the perfect school is right like what do you want to see in school how do you want to spend your day not I can't tell you how to live your life but I am here to help guide you and give you the, the greatest and highest 
possibilities so you can be your greatest and highest self, right? And learn your lessons. And I think that ties into the duality, right, Jennifer, where it's like, you don't have to suffer as much. You still learn the lessons, but you don't need to have a demon coming at you to do it, right? It doesn't have to be that extreme. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be difficult, but for some reason we have this program that in order to gain something, we have to suffer. And that seems to be a reoccurring theme for a lot of people. Um, if you want a good job, right, you have to work 10 hours a day, every day of the week in oh, order yeah, to um, go on a great vacation. Um, it's that like, I have to do this in order to gain this. Um, and trying to find that balance and finding out where within yourself, where is that disresonance coming from that you, you are thinking this way. Mm-hmm. And especially coming back to the masculine and the feminine, right? Gathering versus hunting um, is very difficult because what I do, well, despite everything else that's happening in the world for women, there is, the women are gaining back their authority, their identity back as a feminine, even though it seems to go a little bit slow sometimes, but um, I'm still not seeing that same movement for the masculine energy. So I really think it's going to come down where, um, the feminine energies are going to have to support the masculine and help them learn and help them heal from that toxic masculinity that everyone not having friends when they get married, only being that provider and having that stress on them. That's difficult. Yeah. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why we're creating these sanctuaries and these schools. And that's why we we're here together. That's why we're on, why we have this podcast, because there are so many of us that are feeling this call, right? I mean, and even in our own adult lives, right? Like, what is it like to have a true friendship, you know, and especially a true sisterhood? Because that was something that was taken away as well. Like that was a, that was something that needed to be right. We don't have the red tents anymore. So like now it's time to bring that balance back. And then just like you said, Jennifer, like really being in tune with how hard it's going to be for the divine masculine, right? Because they have, they have no tools at all. Right. And they're steady. It's not like their hormones change every day. It's not like they, they have like a moon cycle, right? They, so they're supposed, they're like, we, I feel this way. That's why they can eat the same thing literally forever. Right. Where like two days in, I was like, dude, I've eaten this for two days. I am so over like this food, right. (laughs) We're taught to, to change, right. It's expected and they're not, and they have no, and it's like, it's almost like harder for them. Right. Because Sammy talks about this. That's why she loves middle school so much because it's like the first time they like really fall in love or the first time they have like this experience, all these first times. Right. That's what these, especially the adult males, like, you know, are really experiencing these deep emotions and fear and how it comes out. Cause they can feel it too. Right. They have just as much of emotional capability as the females and they can feel this turn and change coming in what they do with it. And if they're only ever taught how to fight, right. Like through war and all the things and, 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 and you see that even in the movies, like with the Avengers, right. There's always some kind of nemesis they need to fight, right. They're not taught to communicate. Like even in our, like, like Hollywood area, that's a big, like, I sure, I so agree with you so deeply on that. Like we really, as females need to be extremely supportive because we actually excel in this in pivoting and dealing. Like we, you know, we're like, Oh, like, Oh, I'm taking your job and your job. And I have to sacrifice my entire life. So this can, okay. They haven't had to experience that. So for the first time, that's like terrifying. Right. And they're grown up. So they have that program of, well, I should know how to do this because I'm an adult. Well, if you've never had to experience it, it doesn't matter what your age is. The first time's a big deal. 
maybe the first 50 times are a big deal. I'm with you, Jen, for like supporting all the way. Because it's also not programmed into their ancestral knowledge. Like a lot of times women, we, I feel, I mean, maybe this is just a personal me opinion, but I feel like we gain this knowledge through our ancestral lines. Like the women in my ancestral line have provided me with the ability to be adaptable. You know what I mean? So they've already experienced the first 50 times and had to deal with that. And now I'm getting the benefit of like knowing more than they ever did. Mm -hmm. Whereas I don't think it's really programmed into the masculine ancestral line. So it's really like, yeah, sorry. That just clicked for me. And I I was like, Oh, right. Well, they don't have their, you know, it's like the coming of age thing, right? Like we have a very defined moment of when we change from a girl to a woman. Right. And that was used to be celebrated with the whole red 10. And there was like a big celebration, like, and for the men, and that's still carry along in the Jewish tradition, right? Like when you move from a a boy to a man and that, and that moment in that celebration, whether that's, you know, you take a walkabout as an, you know, in, as an Aboriginal in Australia or any of these traditions and, and a celebration and ceremony of like, this is a big deal. Like we're celebrating this, right. We don't, we don't celebrate these milestones, right. You're just, it happens and you deal with it. Right. And when it's, when you're having these changes in these moments and they're, you're supported and you're celebrated in your circles and your families and your, you know, in your structure, right multi-generational structure, what a difference that is, what, how difference your experience it is. And I really feel that that's like why we're in such a movement to reconnect everyone, because like, I can't even imagine, like, I remember reading the red tent for the first time and having like all these memories come back about like, you know, as a woman, as a girl, like you see this tent, you see all the women go to it. Right. And then it's like the men and the elders and the kids are like on their own, you know what I mean? For like five days. And they're like, but they also have to figure out how to survive. Right. And the women go and they rest and they, you know, they celebrate each other and how it talks about the, one of the, the main character, how she has her first menses and how she, they, they carry her the whole time. They, they rub her whole body full of oils and how she's celebrated and what amazing thing this is and how, you know, she's fed all of these beautiful, how she's like doted on and fed all these beautiful foods and water and really like, like taking her, her moon blood and putting that into the soil and saying, you're giving back to the earth. And like this beautiful, what what a different experience, right. Than like today's world where you're like going to the bathroom or you're sitting in the seat in middle school. Right. And you're just like, Oh snap. You know, like we all have friends that have that story. Right. And how the men, you know, they like the hunter gatherer thing is such a great thing because they go out and they make their first kill or something, right. Where they provide for the family and it's all in there. Wild. So since we don't have that type of hunter gatherer, like for the masculine energies today, right? We, a lot of times, like they're not just going to go out on a, at least in the kind of Western world and go um, kill a deer, so to speak. Um, So really this lack of milestone for the masculine energy can, is probably very unfulfilling, right? Well, and they take it to be an extreme too. Please, Sammy, go. I think some men try to fill it with um, video games Mm. or um, success and career. So they're going out and like hunting a new like position or big sales moment or whatever, or they become a character who must achieve this great task on a video game for the giant collective of their town, right? And so they get that achievement experience 
And that reward now, like kind of digitally, like computers are sort of like giving our men every like validation that they need kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, So that's the way I've always translated it is that like they're receiving that comfort from AI now. Yeah. Right. Because that's the one thing that's noticing them and mm-hmm. celebrating all their things. Right. And I think that turns into like, so I, I always love the concept of hunting because it is, you know, in the indigenous peoples of this land, it was a very sacred thing. And I'm sure this is around the world with indigenous, they understood that th- these frequencies, these energies, these beings came here and said, yes, I will nurture you. I will nourish your body so you can continue to learn your lesson, right? Like what a peaceful, I mean, you have to be super whole to be like, yep, I'm going to come in and I know I'm probably going to get eaten. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Right. And saying yes to that. And they really honored that. Right. And so I've noticed, especially with trophy hunting, like they put them in these animals in cages or they're, you know what I mean? Or they, they go for the biggest and baddest, but there's no gratitude or reverence for like really a moment of breath to be like, wow, like this is this sentient being said yes to me removing its soul from its body, but there's no, that's not, not taught. So, you know, especially for like where my husband grew up, I mean, there's this dude and he like on his Facebook all the time, he has like all of these trophy kills. Right. And I, I did, I was like, this is crazy. And then it was a moment when he had a giraffe in a cage and he shot it. I was like, we're really sick. You guys like, like that dentist who had to kill that lion. Right. Cause he wanted to have that that legacy. Right. And sometimes it's because you're so unnoticed that you go to these extremes. And then if, especially if you have that genetic personality kind of trait in you, if you're not nourished, right. Or celebrated or supported, you end up becoming a serial killer, right. Because like you need more of that. And there, they have tons of studies about all of that, but what would our life be like if we had good support for our divine masculine and feminine and everywhere in between. And being able to change your mind if you felt like it, right? That's all like the the dualistic coming together, right? Something that's super cool about the generations now, especially they can, at least in my experience where I am, there's so much more talk openly. You know, we do create these spaces for them to help them work through their teenage years of deciding like, or maybe their birth years, whatever, who they are in the body and what's right for them and us not telling them, oh, you're a boy. Oh, you're a girl, right? Duality to me is so fascinating, right? Yeah, and every day you can find a new facet of it. Yeah. You see something new. And I think that's why, you know, for Jennifer was so called to teach this at the find your path event. Right. And as we move forward, because it is such, once you start talking about it and bringing forth in the concept of it, you know, your mind is so nourished because it sees it everywhere. And it's like, Ooh, there's more data. Ooh, there's more data. And then your heart is also nourished because it goes, well, how can I help this? How can I support this? you know, how can I help heal this? Right. And that is so much, that is so much about finding your path. Right. And like what works for you. Not everyone is meant to be a healer, right. Or like meant to go on some deep spiritual journey. Like some people are just meant to come and be like, wow, what an interesting new concept. Oh, wow. I see it in the world. And that changes the collective, you know, such an important thing to learn. There's a, there's one tiny little group that I want to talk about Um, because it keeps popping up in my TikTok feed and everywhere. And I think the collective is really confused. So when I first met Allison at um, Reiki one and two, she popped up to me and she was like, you have Faye all around you. And I was like, I know. And she's like, you can work with them whenever you want. But I had been avoiding them because all I had heard about fairies and Faye is that um, 
they're tricksters. And once you work with them, you are stuck working with them for generations. Um, if they bring you gifts, never take them because then they've tracked you and you'll owe them for the rest of your life. And if you don't pay them, then they'll harm you and your family and take things away from you and blah, 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 blah. Right. So on and so on, you know, you just hear these really bad horror stories about fairies. And I feel I don't know the answer. I truly don't. But I feel like that is us viewing through the lens of the either or still with that. Um, or yeah. maybe I'm completely off base. I don't know. No, I think I agree with that. And I also make something a ritual. We do it every day that births the the frequency of it, right? Like when we co-create everything. So I think like Kaylee and I talk about this all the time. Kelpies are such a great example. Like these are these particular frequency fae who are like, you don't mess with them, right? It's a very like, and you have to do it a certain way or you know, they'll eat you in the bog and that's it. Right. And that, you know, and that is true, but there's also truth in, you know, they're like party animals or there's truth in, you know, there's so many different flavors of them. And I think it really, it's really what you, what your reality is. So if you think and know and believe that you're stuck for eight years with them, then that's going to be the thing. Right. And it's a matter of changing what that is, or if you're choosing to honor a particular type of fairy, right? Because you should know what you're working with because those frequencies are real, right? They do react because that's how we created them. I come, I like, I, my children, one of my, like my girl's a fae, like there's all kinds of crazy, it is chaos, right? There is that, that frequency of it, but they're not harming. They do take my stuff, right? If I'm not paying attention or whatever, but in my own personal experience with the type of fae that I work with, because I was a little girl growing up and that's how they presented themselves to me as friends, right? As like brothers and sisters in that way. It wasn't until in school and later learning about all these different types of fairies, but that's where I grew up. So there, I think there is some of that too, as of where you come from and what the stories are, because that's real where you are, right? But then you can change that, you know? I mean, it is true. Like when I give like the gift giving thing, like if I can't find something and I have been ignoring them or just not like acknowledging them, right? Like that's like what a little kid does. Like they take things or move things around if you're not paying attention to them. It's the same thing. Okay, well, let me give you a little treat. And they go, okay, here's your, here are your keys. I was just playing, you noticed me, right? I mean, it's the same thing, just presented in a different way. But seriously, Kelpies, you guys, you should learn about them and then not make them mad. <laughs> yeah, and likeness attracts likeness, right? So if we're in that frequency where um, we truly think that um, giving and <laughs> taking a gift that was given to us by a fae that was could have been completely just, hey, I just wanted to make your day better because I like joy. Um, and But thinking it is going to just cause chaos, that's likeness. So there's you're attracting that in some ways. So there's probably some parts of your life um, with that belief that you are allowing that control to happen. Mm -hmm. I do love the ritual and all of the stories and honoring that. Cause I think that's such a beautiful part of our path, you know, like of, of human. And I do, I do really believe 
and stand by learning before you're working with like in that way. So if you're kind of going into like, we'll call that the traditional kind of like fey world with the witchcraft and something like there are rules set up for a reason and you need to respect them and learn them because you could inadvertently do something to yourself because you don't understand that the frequency you're working with has rules, right? Because we make these rules up, whatever they are. And then you get to a point where you decide whether or not that's applicable to you anymore, right? Like, just like Jennifer said, whatever vibrational frequency you're in, you're going to attract that. And that's a hard thing to go around. But, you know, maybe you want to (laughs) attract crazy wind fae who come in and bring hurricanes and stuff. Like, maybe that's your jam, right? Like, because you're trying to understand weather. Playing devil's advocate again. I can already hear some listeners saying, you keep saying that if I just change my frequency to be more in alignment, well, how do I change my frequency when everything around me is broken and a mess and I am having trouble changing my mindset because every time I do, I just get slapped back down. You step into your heart space. This is the duality, right? When your mind is creating, is the only one creating Jennifer talks about this a lot. So I'd love for you to expand on this, Jennifer. When you, when you take that breath, that's why like breathing and meditation is, is because it, it makes, when your mind is in control, it, your body does whatever it wants because it's, there's no, there's no, like your heart is the parent, right? Your heart is, is going, going, wait a minute. Let's stop and think about this. Wait a minute. Let's take a moment. Right. And so through your breath and through just the knowing right of let me look at this allowing your heart to speak yeah and so you are the only one that creates your reality your reality does not exist anywhere else outside of your perspective it just does not (laughs) your the way you see things is um is never going to be the same as somebody else even if you guys had the exact same experience it's not going to be the same And so it is a difficult truth to swallow, to be like, I am responsible for everything that's happening in my life, everything. And there are things that are out of your control, which you experience that um, you assigned, (laughs) you got lessons for, and they happen. Um, But your reactions, right? The way you take the next steps forward are all your responsibility. And that comes down to shadow work. You have to look within, you have to look into um, why am I attracting um, some of these more negative experiences? What am I lacking within that heart space or what trauma am I holding on to that I have not acknowledged or maybe I'm just not ready to let go. And that can be very difficult to do alone. So if you have like friends or if you can go, if you are have access to therapy or something like that, um, go ahead and do that because shadow work is very difficult and getting out of those frequencies to um, bring in um, better experiences, more enriching experiences for your life journey is, is a process to be learned. And it is truly about changing perspective and taking one step each day. Yep. And shadow work never ends, right? It's just something new comes up. You learn a lesson, gets added to your little Kashik records checklist, and then you go on to the next one. Mm-hmm. right yeah we can talk about this all day we should probably mm-hmm. start wrapping up jennifer can you talk i might we're going to talk about this for like eight hours like when we hang up it's gonna be so great 
Um, Jennifer, can you talk about Solaris and, and, and what you're doing and, you know, where people can find you and that kind of good stuff. And we'll, well, guys, we'll throw this, we'll toss us all in the comments and by we, I mean, Sammy will do all of that hard work. <laughs> she says she's, she's handling it, man. It's incredible. Can you talk, tell us about yourself, Jennifer? Uh, talking about myself, which I am terrible at. So, um, so, so um, I have a business called Solaris, which I focus on intuitive healing, soul speaking. And um, I know soul speaking has been used quite as being a term you being used more. But for me, it's um, really seeing the truth in each person's soul and helping pull that forward. Yeah. And intuitive healing, I really like to work with um, shadows for other people to really come forward and just embrace their authenticity in their life's journey. So you can find me on Facebook. Also, it's going to be in the Pelucity of Life page as soon as yeah. I send all that information over. <laughs> um, but we are also um, working on creating new things in the future, new classes. So my energetic partner, Tabby, which she was on a pr podcast previously, we are actually doing a soul language class and mentorship to really help people who are just being awakened and those who have been activated with soul language, but don't know what to do. Um, we have a class for that, that we're going to be doing rotations, maybe at four to six times a year. Um, but that's all about coming together because when you're activated with your soul language, when you're first awakened, that's when the true triggers come, that shadow work comes out. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on. Um, so we created this course and mentorship to really help people gain a foundation so they're not doing it alone. So we have that community and we have that support. Um, and just to rebuild something that isn't about competitiveness, but it's truly about learning and coming together, um, soul to soul, meeting mind to mind. And just what's, what's a great word for that? just being your authentic self in all ways. Mm -hmm. Finding your truth within. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> beautiful. And then you also, you both kind of um, handle this beautiful soul language, light language practicing group on Facebook too. So we'll put a link in there. So anyone who is curious or anything about that, there's so many beautiful um, groups about that. And, um, actually it's so funny. Um, I've had so many people ask me to start a soul language, like public group. So I'm going to do that to help, um, do that. Then that's going to be through so you know, say the consciousness pillar of felicity, um, and get that up and going just so we ha have more people can find and then go into the private group with Tabby and Jennifer. So there's like a safe space too, just kind of like saying to say global versus soul tribe. Like we've got the public group so people can find us and then we help them go, okay, you want a little bit more, like, let's get you into a safer space because sometimes, it, you know, you're going to get that backlash of speaking tongues and all of that stuff. And, you know, through my years of experience, it is really so great. So it's so awesome, Jennifer, that you and Tabby have put this together. Um, you know, I know we've been talking about that for a long time. Um, and it was definitely something as we were in other groups of really feeling that I know Tabby and I talked about a million years ago about, Hey, but there's no support for this. What do we do? So you guys just keep an eye out for that. You said four to six times a year. I think the next one's starting in the end of September. Um, you definitely have the opportunity if soul language speaks to you or you want to learn more about that. We've talked about that a couple different places. Um, it's kind of our jam. So find out more. You can always connect with us. I'm obviously Jennifer at Solaris and Tabby's at Delightful. And I think that's about it. Did I get everything, Queen? Nailed it. Great. 
I guess until next time, huh? Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. All right, have fun. 